Hello, and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I am the editor in chief of Fine Biometrics, where we are celebrating our 18th annual year in review event, a comprehensive analysis of the state of biometrics and digital identity featuring interviews, industry survey data from over 900 respondents, featured articles, and of course, special episodes of the ID Talk podcast. That's why on this special Year in Review episode of ID Talk, I am pleased to welcome Javier Mira, CEO of FaceFee, back to the podcast. In this interview with Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World founder Peter O'Neill, Mira delves into how FaceFee helped pensioners through the pandemic and his company's early success in the Korean market. He goes on to talk about liveness detection and enabling regulatory compliance with biometrics before letting us in on how he expects FaceFee to grow in the wake of receiving a massive amount of investment funding in late 2020. Mira is an expert in mobile biometrics and always a fantastic podcast guest. So without further ado, I am pleased to present FaceFee CEO Javier Mira right here on ID Talk. Welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter O'Neill and I am the president and founder of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World. And I'm very pleased to welcome to our, as our guest today, uh, Javier Mira, who is the CEO of FaceFee, one of the world leaders in facial recognition. And uh, welcome, Javier. It's so nice to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Peter. Pleasure being here. How are you? Very well, thank you. And, and I'd like to start off today's ID Talk podcast with your latest hot off the press news. Uh, please tell us about the Daegu Bank partnership, which we just announced yesterday in, in, our, in our platforms. Okay, da- Daegu Bank is one of the top banks in, the, in, in South Korea, and uh, face fee was. Uh, trying to develop the, the market, the businesses in, in, in that area. We started about 18 months ago, and we just uh, opened a subsidiary about uh, eight months ago. Practically, we were trying to do the same as we've been doing in Latin America in terms of developing the market for the financial sector. And in that case, we just were targeting some of the top banks in the country. The, the thing in South Korea was that uh, the regulation for the digital onboarding process for the KYC was very similar to the one we have here in Europe. That means that for any account opening that you want to do with a bank, it's necessary to have a video call recorded in order to do the, the whole process. So at the end, you need the staff from the, from the bank, from the client, in order to do this interview. And we were joining Degu Bank regulators and face fee the sandbox in order to show the technology combined with the uh, application of the bank in order to try to change the regulation and the country to promote the 100% contactless digital onboarding process. At the end, we, we achieved that, that goal, that target, and uh, a couple of months ago, we went with the bank on production, so we are very happy because Facebook has been approved by the government and that means that now any bank in South Korea can just uh, start using our selfie ID solution in order to do the whole process without any help from any human being on the other part of the line. 
that that's a huge uh, hurdle to overcome. Uh, it, it, what kind of challenges did you did you have trying to to work through that process? Well, main challenge is that uh, you have to work together with the bank in order to somehow present all the documentation, all the technical aspects, and try to convince the regulators that the technology is secure enough and 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 really convenient to somehow switch a little bit the interaction that the clients have during those days and that this new technology, the bank is supporting that the result is going to be much better in terms of everything, not only accuracy, but convenience, private uh, security of the, of the data, of the, of the consumer, etc. So at the end, you have to follow the field. That, that's uh, where the sandbox are, are about. Now we have one also here in Europe that we are trying to do exactly the same process. And at the end, is everything is so simple that we put together regulators, government, clients such as banks, and technology providers as face fee. So at the end, you just follow the instructions together with your client and the, and the government. Well, congratulations on that. I know that's a huge win for your company. Um, and also during the coronavirus pandemic, we've seen a necessary migration to mobile channels and, and biometrics are helping to facilitate that. One of the most interesting success stories for your company in 2020 was providing biometric security for users in Argentina who can now collect their pensions via mobile for the very first time. What made biometrics so appealing to this older use base, which is surprising in itself, and do you expect to repeat the success of this in future use cases? The appealing for this specific use case, I think, is that uh, at the beginning of where we were presenting biometrics, we thought, I think all of us, not only face fee, we thought that uh, the main target was probably millennials. And uh, we didn't get that the important point here was that also elderly people, they are very used now to start using cell phones to make a selfie, etc., and they prefer to use this type of biometrics rather than pin codes, passwords, or receiving SMS messages, etc. So at the end, the case in, in Argentina was so simple that rather than going to the branch office to make the queue and trying to access to collect the pensions, they can stay at home using the mobile, and it's so simple that you just take a selfie. At the end, the appealing is that Obviously, without the pandemic, probably it would take some time to, to achieve this, this adoption rate in this category of people, of customers. But with the pandemic, obviously, everyone has been somehow forced to adopt this technology, and now they're very happy about this. To repeat this success, well, obviously, it's a, it's a use case, very interesting for all the pension system in some of the countries in Latin America where they have to go specifically to the branch offices. So we are already on the movement to try to, to repeat or to replicate the, the case. And once you have that in place, Javier, doesn't that lead to other government type um, opportunities uh, once you sort of break through that in, in a particular region? Yeah, I mean, it's true. Once uh, you have this type of success, everyone is understanding that uh, the, identification, the, the identity verification it's a 
it's something that is, is really necessary in many, many scenarios from the government or from the private companies. And they start thinking in different uses that uh, probably they share with us and we start making some POCs to see whether we can just replicate or, or, or transform a little bit in order to, to facilitate the same uh, identity verification. Now, now FACEB also saw some other landmark successes in Korea. We're back in Korea now in 2020. Uh, the first one I wanted to talk about involves healthcare, which is a marketplace that we have been following very actively and has really exploded since the pandemic uh, hit. Uh, Kangbuk uh, Samsung Hospital in Seoul incorporated your technology for patient identity verification. How did the pandemic affect this deployment from an operation standpoint and what benefits will your biometrics bring to the hospital? I will start from the end of the questions. Benefits are real clear. Uh, people used to go to this hospital in front of some kiosk in order to uh, validate identity using uh, some specific cards from the hospital. Then they were using the same card to go to the doctor. They were using a different kiosk in order to grant, uh, sorry, to get uh, or to grab the, the medicines, if it's the case. With the technology of phase fee, what patients are, are, are receiving is when they are entering the hospital, just showing the face, because in this case is a one to M solution, just showing the face, no interaction, no touching anything. They can just manage the whole journey within the hospital from uh, generating the, the appointment with the doctor until the moment they are just grabbing or receiving the medicines by just using the face in front of this, of this kiosk. Obviously, pandemic has been affecting, not because of the technology of the hospital, because obviously hospitals nowadays, they changed a little bit the flow of different patients within the hospital because of the virus. And uh, obviously they are somehow remodelating the flow when a patient is going to see the doctor and medicine and so on. So technology is already on production, but obviously pandemic has affected a little bit. And Javier, uh, you and I have talked about the healthcare market uh, over the years. I remember about five years ago having this discussion with you. I think it was either at a Money 2020 show or, or the giant Mobile World Congress in Barcelona. But, uh, you know, and, and five years ago, it was like, wow, this is going to be a great marketplace. And, 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 but tough to crack into. Um, and we, we all, we've always felt that they were a little bit behind financial services, for example. So it, it's, it's just amazing to see this kind of success from your company uh, breaking in and really bringing the healthcare industry into, you know, helping them with some of the challenges that they're, they're experiencing right now. So congratulations on that. I think it's just fantastic. Thank you, Peter. It's true. We were talking about the healthcare system that probably they were start using some biometrics to improve the, the interaction with the clients. And I think it's not here yet, but we've seen with some insurance companies and some other part of the private sector related with the healthcare that the, the movement is clear. And now with, with the pandemic, it's completely 100% sure because the digital transformation process is really related to the use of biometrics. And now with the pandemic, 
this transformation is more necessary than ever. With over 60 clients and more than 10 million users worldwide, FaceFee is Spain's leader in biometric solutions for identity verification, specializing in facial recognition systems, digital onboarding, and safe work environments. With a presence in more than 25 countries, FaceFee has performed more than 1 billion authentications and more than 21 million digital onboardings, making the company a global pioneer in biometric banking. Improving customer experience and protecting sensitive data with state-of-the-art biometrics is FaceFee's hallmark. And you can learn more about how FaceFee makes life safe, secure, and convenient by visiting facefee.com today. And now, back to the podcast. Now, I'd like to shift gears and talk about liveness detection, which is growing in importance in, in our industry. Uh, so it's excellent news that uh, your company achieved compliance with the, the ISO presentation attack detection standards in 2020. What is the importance of liveness detection in the markets you operate in? And why is it important to participate in third-party testing when it comes to liveness? You know, whenever you want to authenticate a, a person or identify any person, uh, technology needs to be somehow a little bit ahead of the, the, the frosters, the, the, the hackers trying to spoof the technology. And five years ago, we, we had in our hands different cameras with the smartphones. Today, the cameras and the smartphones are very powerful. So it's so somehow it's easier today trying to spoof the system with the quality of image you have or videos in front of any kiosk or any webcam in order to somehow commit the fraud. So we had in the past two different methods for liveness detection to avoid these uh, fraudsters to commit the fraud. One was the blinking of the eyes, and the second one was a random movement of the head. And it was working very well in, in several banks, no, no problems at all. But obviously, the convenience of the user experience is that uh, you are asking the user to do something. Can be blinking of the eyes, movement of the head, speaking to the camera, whatever. Now, with the technology face fee it's offering to the customers, is a completely 100% passive liveness. That means that we are capable to analyze using AI that the image that we are sending to verify the person is not a video, is not a picture, is a 100% original and genuine person in front of the camera. So at the end, it's necessary whenever you want make a transaction within the bank or, or just opening an account. I mean, I think it's mandatory for a bank to have this type of, of technologies on production. In terms of using or participating in third-party testing, I think uh, it's also necessary. You, you can say that, that your technology is very good and you can provide with some technical specifications to your clients, but the best thing you can show uh, a client is that a third-party is somehow uh, ensuring that the technology is working in the way you say that it does in terms of accuracy of the technology, in terms of liveness, passive liveness, technology, and many other aspects. So we are used to, to start using this type of third-party companies to any improvement on the technology that FaceFee achieved. 
to be somehow analyzed and tested by these third parties. Face Fee also saw a great deal of acclaim this year, receiving awards and recognition for innovation and growth. How did you turn a year like 2020, which was troubling in a global sense on many different fronts, how did you turn that into such a business success? I think Face Fee, uh, like many other companies, had the chance that using, I mean, we know that it's, it's not been a, a very good year in a, in a global way, but it's true that uh, whenever there's a crisis in some way, there are some companies, some sectors, some technologies that can somehow can have some success. Biometrics and all the ID identity related technologies, I think we had in 2020 a year that we've been demanding we, we receive a lot of demand from the different sectors for this type of technologies. So at the end, we, we just were ready with the technology that was coming as a big trend in the last two, three, four years. Now with, with this pandemic situation that somehow is pushing a lot the contactless technologies to be in production as, as fast as possible, all the companies related to these technologies had the chance to somehow uh, develop different projects and try to accelerate the implementation of this type of technologies. We just take advantage of, of that. You know, and it's interesting, Javier, you know, I, I think our industry is at the point where the pandemic, uh, you know, escalated and, and, and forced everybody to move quickly. I think, you know, companies like yours with your real deployment success over many years, you were ready for this. And, and, and I think our industry was ready for this. Uh, and, you know, if this had occurred five years ago, I, I don't know if I would have been able to say that. So, you know, one of the good things is that, you know, companies like yours were fully prepared to move fast. And, uh, and I think that was a bit of a blessing uh, that, that the industry was ready to accept the challenges that were thrown at it this year. Yeah, it's correct. It's correct, Peter. It's been a big change. We know that we were on a trend in the last two, three years, biometrics and identity-related te technologies, but uh, we, we didn't think about this situation in, in, in last year, and uh, we take the advantage of the companies. So I know that companies like FaceV, many of them, they are having some kind of success in this situation. So that means that the, the world now is really ready to accept this type of new technologies in terms of improving many daily tasks that we do today on, on different aspects and sectors. And uh, I think these technologies are here and they are going to stay for a while. Yeah, and not only ready to accept, but urgently required. So the combination is just quite remarkable. Now your company was listed on the prestigious RegTech 100 list. Regulations are a growing concern for customers around the world. What is the secret to offering easy compliance via biometrics? Well, all the big companies, private companies, but also government and public companies are um, somehow within a strong project called digital transformation. Digital transformation somehow is related to uh, change completely the way we are interacting between our companies, customers, etc. And many of those uh, changes are related to uh, start doing things through electronic channels, web, mobile device, or many IOTs, whatever. Obviously, regulation is taking part of this 
And uh, so how we notice that uh, it's really important to go the technology hands on hands with the regulation. When biometrics are capable to demonstrate that uh, with a good uh, expertise and somehow with some protection data regulated, etc., is somehow bringing people new aspects and new scenarios to improve many of the tasks that we do today, it's very necessary that the biometrics are covering this type of compliance in terms of, uh, I don't know, healthcare, uh, financial sector. We noticed that, for example, in the sandbox, this is one of the goals that we, we had in, in South Korea, and now we're going to try to push here in Europe. Being together with the regulator, that means that they can see in a table together with the bank and with the technology provider, we can explain very deeply the way how biometrics can somehow accomplish with the compliance necessary to, to be used in the sector. So somehow uh, it's, it's a question that uh, before mm, no one knew anything about biometrics, facial recognition or fingerprint, the level of, of knowledge was very poor, but today is on the top. So you, you can have on the government, people really specialized in, in biometrics. You have within the banks, people really specialized in biometrics. So at the end, it's so simple that you, you, you just have to explain how biometrics and compliance should be part of the, of the strategy. You know, and it, it's a very important part of the industry right now. So again, congratulations that you're leading the charge there as well. In Argentina, banking is safe, secure, and easier than ever for retirees collecting their pensions. Thanks to FaceFee, pensioners have a contactless and intuitive banking option that lets them verify their identity from the comfort of their homes using best-in-class face biometrics. No more in-person visits to the bank for authentication and proof of life, just a simple and secure mobile process. And it works. The Argentine bank Superville has over 150,000 customers banking with biometrics, and FaceFee is making it happen. With a presence in more than 25 countries, FaceFee has performed more than 1 billion authentications and more than 21 million digital onboardings, making the company a global pioneer in biometric banking. In these unprecedented times, the company is helping banks in Argentina put their customers first. Learn how FaceFee is making a difference by reading FaceFee's latest white paper, Biometric Recognition, the new ally for older people. You can download the white paper at facefee.com slash whitepaper slash digital dash transformation dash of dash Argentine dash pensioners or by following the link in the show notes. And now back to the podcast. In recent months, it seems like your company has laid the foundation for even more growth in the coming year. FaceFee has entered into an alliance with Everest in 2020. How will that partnership affect your business in Latin America and in the United States? Well, partnership with, with this company, with Everest, uh, in the same that we have with some other companies, uh, exactly in the same way, are at the, at the beginning of the, of the growth in terms of revenue and business development. 
what we noticed is that uh, we had some partnerships also in the last two, three, four years. But the big difference is that now these big key players on the market, like Everest, these big companies are receiving a lot of demand from their own clients in order to use this type of solutions. And that's why FaceFit is now taking some, some position in this partnership strategy. We developed a whole department related to, to partnerships around the world. And we expect that 2021 should be a very good year in terms of starting selling a lot of our licenses for facial recognition through this channel of partnership. Until now, everything has been done directly from FaceFit. You know, uh, Javier, we're hearing exactly the same thing. Uh, partnership, system integrators, reseller, they're all getting asked questions because, you know, no matter what the size of your company, whether you're big, medium, or small, you know, you're faced with the same things, and that is remote work and how do you onboard customers, whether you're a bank or a hospital or a small factory. So it's quite remarkable, the shift that's occurred so quickly there. Now, 2020 ended with FaceFee receiving 33 million euros to enhance its growth plan. Over the next few years, how do you expect to grow your company? FaceFee has achieved this goal of, of receiving these 33 million euros in a moment that it's really important for the company. The company has been growing a lot in the last years in revenues and, 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 and profits, but it's true that the situation of the sector and, and the, the situation of the company today on the market gives us the opportunity to um, be really aggressive in, the, in terms of growth for the company. And that's why we were asking some of the funds to, to analyze the company and the project and the strategic plan in order to give us some support. And the idea is using these uh, funds in two ways. One is obviously to hire a lot of talent. FaceView was starting the year 2020 with 26 employees. By the end of last year, we were about 70. And we are planning to double the size of the company within this 2021. So part of the, mon- of the money is going to be to create different departments, business development structure in Latin America, growing the structure in South Korea, generating a structure in the United States and obviously in the, in the headquarters in Spain. And part of the money as well is going to be for the growth of the businesses by improving the exhibitions that we used to do in many different markets, improving the, probably putting some support people, that means uh, technical people, technical staff in some specific areas as well in order to cover the 24-7 support timing. So basically speaking, the 33 million are going to be focused for the next 24 months. We put on, on, on the table a two years period of growth in two ways. Business development, really strong, but also hiring a lot of talent in order to increase the number of solutions that we have to improve them. And probably there is a part of this 33 million that is gonna be related for a potential and organic growth. So we pay attention to different companies that can be interesting to face you because of the technology they have or because of the business development they have. And if it makes sense for us, we could also 
try to invest and to acquire these type of companies. Well, Javier, congratulations on a very successful and, and very in, in a very challenging year. Uh, you know, FaceFee, we see as one of the global leaders in our industry. So congratulations on, on, on your success this year. And how can people get in touch with you to learn more about FaceFee and the topics that we discussed today? Thank you, uh, Peter, for the opportunity to, to give us some, some moment to explain the, the situation of the company. People can get in touch with us. Uh, FaceFee is a public company, so all the important information about us and about our clients and about our technology is placed on, on our website and the different channels that, that we use to try to share all the info with our shareholders and our clients. So if they can access to the website, they have all the information ready there. Again, Javier, it's a pleasure to speak with you. You're, you've had such success in our industry. You, again, you are one of, uh, one of the leaders uh, out there in the, in the global identity marketplace. So thank you again for carving out some time from your very busy schedule. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Peter. A pleasure as always. Thank you very much. So concludes our interview with Javier Mira, CEO of FaceFee. To learn more about the topics discussed in today's episode, visit facefee.com. And to stay up to date on the Fine Biometrics urine review analysis, check out finebiometrics.com. I'd like to thank Javier once again for joining us on today's episode, and thank you to Peter O'Neill for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm-hmm.